Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys. Um, I was about to say we have uh, an especially fun episode, but I will tell you, we work hard to make all of the episodes fun uh, and all of them useful. And actually, maybe that's a particularly good way to lead into this episode because what this episode is, is a roundup of some of our very best advice from uh, CCA students and working copywriters. And now you know, of course, we have had a ton of episodes with our successful students. And quite frankly, too, we have a ton of successful students we haven't even had as guests yet. We have a ton of successful students. You guys are amazing. Um, but what we have done in this episode is just pull out some of our very favorite quotes. And I would anticipate that this will probably be the first in a series of these. Um, but we are, we're really excited to share this with you. Um, the the impetus, Kate, is uh, I don't know why I'm starting. Why, if you would like to talk about the impetus, you want me to share fine. the news? Yes, share the, the news. It's kind of old news. We realized by the time this episode airs, because as we're recording this, an email is going out today to everyone to note the fact that we hit a million downloads on the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, which is Woo-hoo! very, very, very exciting. Um, and we thought we would do something fun to to note that moment. And especially because uh, our students are such a big part of that and they give such great advice. And I think everyone likes hearing advice too from actual working copywriters. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank you all for continuing to listen and comment and download and share what you like and what you want to hear next. Uh, genuinely, I, I know both Nikki and I, we genuinely appreciate it. We'll we'll share a lot of the comment screenshot things that we see and say, do you see this? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is uh, helpful to A, to help us keep going. We know what you like and what you don't, but so that we can keep bringing these episodes for free and get great guests on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we truly do read 
every single review. And it's so exciting when we see a new one come in. We're like, oh my goodness. So yes, thank you all for for helping this podcast to to be a success. And um, we we work very hard to make it as useful and also entertaining and fun for you guys as possible. So try. Yeah. With that in mind, and without further ado, let's get into some of our top clips. So to start us off, here is Stacy talking about imposter syndrome. One of the things that has really helped me when it comes to imposter syndrome, not to make this a therapy session, um, <laughs> but um, something I found really helpful too, is that oftentimes when I'm, I'll only speak to my own experience, but when I'm feeling imposter syndrome, it's linked to feelings of like not being good enough or fear of failure or, or other things. Um, and for me, it's my brain's way of being like, oh, we're trying something new. This is really scary. Well, I don't know about this. Sound the alarms. I don't know what you're moving forward. So imposter syndrome comes up and it's like, mm, do you really think you can accomplish that? Maybe just go to the couch, wrap yourself up in a blanket, have some ketchup chips like you, you <laughs> like we're not moving forward with this and so um imposter syndrome a lot of the times can like come out as a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of beating ourselves up but it's our brain's way of, of or my brain's way of, of being like this is new and kind of scary I don't know if this is the path we want to go on and so for folks listening or watching if you're able to kind of recognize that and take a step back and then kind of not to sound all like hooey, um, but to like honor your imposter syndrome or approach it in a more compassionate way to be like, thank you so much. I I see you. I hear you. You are valid. Uh, I understand where you're coming up. And maybe at some point it served, it served a good purpose, but it's just not the vibe (laughs) for the moment. So I'm going to be scared and do the thing anyways. And you're going to come along with me because we can't ignore you and you're not going to go away. So we're going, we're going on this journey together, being scared and doing the thing anyways. Um, so for anyone listening, that's my tip when you get imposter syndrome. I love it. A lot. <laughs> like your little buddy. You're yeah, like, come on, me. we're going <laughs> to, let's go do this. Come on, we're going to do it together. We're going to ride this roller coaster. <laughs> Buckle up. And I'm glad we started out with this one because I think it's really important for everyone to remember that imposter syndrome is is not uh, it's not abnormal. In fact, I would go so far as to say that that it's it's pretty normal. It's part of life. <laughs> it's part of life. Whenever we do something new, it's uncomfortable. We may feel like we're not good enough at it. We impose a lot of judgment on ourselves, but you're not the only one. I think we often are, are sitting home by ourselves and, and thinking, I'm doubting myself. Everybody else is has got this down. Everybody else knows what they're doing. Everybody else feels confident. And that's not the case. No. And I think it helps to know that anytime you're feeling imposter syndrome and you're feeling these feelings, you should almost celebrate as a win because you are doing you're doing something that's making you uncomfortable. And not everyone does that. Not everyone even puts themselves in the position to feel uncomfortable. So that alone is a win. Mm -hmm. And then I think the the next step, obviously, is just continuing to work through that. Um, We always say, you know, Nikki always says, you don't gain confidence by, before you take the action, you gain confidence by taking the action. And so, yeah, taking the action is really the the antidote to imposter syndrome. So doing the thing anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you will not feel imposter syndrome forever as long as you move through it. Yeah. But then you'll feel it again, I'm sure, as you do a new thing again. Because if you're the type of person, again, that's here and working to change careers, mm-hmm. then you're the type of person that's not settling for anything less yeah. than what you want and deserve yeah. in life. So yeah. know that because of that, that is a strength that you then get to face this wonderful thing we call imposter syndrome, but it is mm-hmm. because you, sh- again, should be mm-hmm. congratulating yourselves for yeah. being the type of person that's willing to to do that. Yeah. Growth is part of being human. And so our next clip is from Courtney. And Courtney, I really loved this episode because she talked a lot about how if they can do it, that she could do it. And by they, she means anyone. If anyone, if it is actually possible to become a copywriter, then it's possible for anyone to become a copywriter. And I'm a writer by nature. So I knew that I, I had skill, but I needed to know the like what it really meant to be a copywriter. Yeah. I'll never forget. I did that first module, features versus benefits. I was like, oh. I got this. I'm on my way. Features versus benefits. I get that. Like that makes so much sense. And really from there, I just started finding people I could write for. And literally I just, when I would book a job, I'd go into the CCA. Okay. Let me see like email. Okay. Yep. Okay. Take that course. Let me figure that out. I I didn't wait. Two things that I believe Nikki, you've said um, in my, in trainings or somewhere I heard you say it and it really stuck with me. Um, So number one is, um, and I actually have this, I'm looking at this sticky on my computer. You don't get through self-doubt before taking action. Mm -hmm. You get through it by taking the action, right? So like, I felt all this stuff, all this stuff come up for me. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm new at this. Um, All of the feels, I I just kind of kept doing it anyway. And the other thing you said was, there is more copy to be written in this world than there are people who can write it. And I tell you, I meet these clients and they're not super experts. They're like, look, I don't really know writing like that. You know, I I don't have time for this. I want something that sounds good. I want something that speaks to my clients. And I'm telling you that benefits versus features uh, foundation, like that's it. Like you can really get started if you just get that concept down, get the brand voice down. That foundational module, that, that really is a perfect it's a perfect thing because it is. It's your foundation. If you can get those concepts clear, you can start making money as a copywriter. And all of the other pieces will come. They'll fall into place. I really adopted this mindset that if they can do it, I can do mm-hmm. it. I, I I would seek out. I would go through the Facebook group and look for people's testimonies and their stories of success and things that they've done. And I'm like, okay, I, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. I mean, that really... Really, I, I adopted that mantra wholeheartedly and it it really has paid off. I think people really get hung up on trying to do it perfect. Just do it. You will learn. Uh, I really love these quotes from Courtney. Um, this kind of goes back to to the idea that, that a lot of us are, are thinking that everyone is having a different experience. Well, they can do it, but that doesn't mean that I can do it. But actually... It's it's so much more useful and empowering to see other people doing it and and doing whatever it is that you want to do and using that as a model for the fact that it is possible for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's funny that um, a lot of the students that we have on the podcast are always like, I never thought I'd be on the podcast. I never thought I'd be that student. And so if you're one of those people that's listening and feels like, well, these podcast guests are somehow special and different and never going to be me. 
it very well could be you. We all started, I started in the same place. I didn't think I'd be on a podcast doing a podcast ever in my life. It was never, granted, podcasts didn't exist when I was growing up, but still, I didn't think it wasn't a dream I could have. But I didn't know, We none of us knew copywriting, and now we do. And if you take the steps, you very well could get mm-hmm. to the place that a lot of these students are. And I think the nice thing is, too, is that it should show you that there's as many copywriters as there are in this world, there are that many paths to and ways to go about this career. Every student is different. It's not that everyone's everyone's doing freelance or everyone's on staff or everyone's had the same way to get there. Um, and that should give you lots of hopefully inspiration and hope that you can also get to the same place, but doing it in a way that works for you and your goals and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. When we're pursuing anything new and it could be, yes, it could be copywriting. It could be a new relationship. It could be training for a 10K. It could be, there's always going to be moments when we feel unsure. That is a natural part of the process. But if you can certainly experience those moments, like don't, you don't need to suppress any emotions, but experience those moments and then do your best to move out of them. How can I look at this from a different perspective? Well, all of these other people are doing it. They are. Well, those people are so much further ahead than they are than I am. Okay, well, but they also started at different times and their path is a little bit different. But the fact is, if all of these other people can do it, I forget who said this, but it, it, who said it specifically, but like we say with love, you're not that special. If I think it was all KK, of these, which was yes, beautiful. we should find that clip. Exactly. <laughs> you're if all of these other people are doing, you're not so special that it's impossible for you. You mm-hmm. are a wonderful person, and you are not special in the very best possible way. If they can do it, you can do it. Yeah, and I. You know, Nikki mentioned 10K, and I think it's worth. I'm on week five of a training for a 10K, and I'm actually following a training plan, which I've run races before and not followed a training plan. Big mistake. But the same thing goes with the CCA. If you follow the steps laid out, you will slowly get there. And there are certainly days as I'm training where I'll have like a two or three mile run, and it's that's surprise. A 10K is is much more than two or three miles. And I feel like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to run that full race when today felt awful? Today felt really hard to run the two or three miles. It was, you know, probably had too much food the night before. Either way. But I know, okay, I'm on week five of a 15-week training plan. I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to continue following the steps, following the workouts. And by the time race day comes, I feel pretty confident that, okay, like I'm not there yet. And yeah, it's going to feel bad right now, but that's because I'm not, I'm not through my training plan yet. And the same thing might be true if you're tackling big things within the CCA. Well, I don't have any clients yet. Well, maybe you just started two days ago and you still need to go through the training modules and you need to build your portfolio and there are steps along the way. And so if you take them, you will get to that end goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might feel some things along the way. Yeah. Guaranteed you will feel some things yeah. along the way. Now, this next one uh, is an interview with Adele and also with her now husband, Jake. And this is talking about navigating a complete career change with a partner, with someone who loves you, who maybe is not initially as supportive as you would like them to be. Well, I guess, first of all, she was telling me about this for like 
20 minutes and I thought she meant copywriting with like a GH and I didn't know what that <laughs> yeah. meant. So I thought I was like copywriting, like, is it like a legal thing? And, uh, and then she told me, she said, Oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, take this class online that costs money and then I'll make a lot of money. And I said, well, that sounds like a, sounds like a lot of scams I've heard. Um, so I was, I was initially skeptical, but it's turned out better than I thought. I do have the experience that just about every day Adele tells me about some new client that she has and she, she always talks about them. Like I know who she's talking about and she'll just <laughs> mention the first name of someone I've never heard before and, uh, say, oh, well, I was talking to such and such a person and they want to hire me to do this or that. And, um, you know, I, I, we're, we're both working from home now. So we're, we're in the same house, like 24 hours a day. I still have no idea who she's talking about most of the time. <laughs> Um, but you know, it became pretty obvious that like, there's, there's a big network of people that need these services and she was able to connect with a lot of that network pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and, um, I think one of the, one of the, the moments that really brought to our attention that mm -hmm. you, and to the, to the, our other students' attention that you had turned around was Adele, the, the post that you put up about a gift from Jake. Yes. Um, so it's so funny because <laughs> I've had to do a lot of like, no, Jake's the best though, because like that, that Jake is the absolute best, love him to death. Like, um, and it's because of this post, Jake, where uh, you, you, you surprised me, right, by getting me this awesome laptop and my headset. And like, I was like ready to shell out all my NWHN money on that. And you were just like, no, no, this is, I'm so proud of you. And it was the sweetest moment. So I, <laughs> so I posted um, about it. I was like, oh my God, he went from thinking this was a scam to buying me a laptop. I'm so happy, so proud of me, you know. And like, <laughs> it was like a really sweet story, and it really got it got a lot of like traction. And I think it's because you know we talk as copywriters about the deep benefit, right? And what deeper benefit is there than having someone who loves you be proud of you for, and respect you and 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 for what you do? And I'm just I'm lucky every day, Jake. <laughs> oh. um, I really love this episode in particular, and of course this clip. Um, because, and this is something I feel like we're often uh, recommending to students to listen to, because, you know, here's the thing is we all have people in our lives who care about us and who want the best for us. But we also all have people in our lives who care about us and want the best for us, but who aren't experts necessarily in what we want to do. And you can understand how if you come to someone you love and you say, I'm going to, I found this course on the internet and I'm going to be a copywriter and I'm going to completely change my career. Uh, now, if you came to Kate or I, or if you came to one of our students or, or any other professional copywriter, creative director, or marketer, they'd go, oh, all right, great. Good for you. Get started. But for someone who's not in the industry and not familiar with copywriting or maybe not familiar with freelancing or, or not familiar with, with learning things online, um, you can understand how they might have some 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 trepidation, some hesitations. And because they want the best for us, often those hesitations turn into, well, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to... But the problem is, um, is that while they love us, it's not always best to, to take their advice into consideration. Um, one of the, the lessons that I learned in my career that I think has been especially helpful is to only take advice from people who are successful at what I want to do. Meaning, of course, uh, I'm not going to take business advice from my Uncle Lou, who's never had his own business. I don't have an Uncle Lou. I was going to ask you if you did. I was I don't have curious. an Uncle Lou. Okay. But if I did, but if this did. hypothetical Uncle Lou 
does not have a business. You know, I'm not going to take advice about relationships from my perpetually single friend. I'm not going to take advice about dog training from someone who's never had a dog. And by that same, and I say this with so much love to the, the people who love us, but it may not be the best idea. In fact, I'll go so far as to say it's it's not a great idea to take advice about your copywriting career from someone who's not familiar with copywriting or not familiar with freelancing and who doesn't know how uh, how successful and how lucrative and how fulfilling it can actually be. Yeah, I think we see this come up in the group that, you know, this example, I think, thank you to Jake and Adele for coming on and because it's it's not easy, obviously, to share all of that. Um, but it's not uncommon, too, which is why we wanted to have the conversation with them. We see it in the group a lot of like oh, my spouse or my my mom, my dad or whomever um, has fear around that this this path, particularly for those who are pursuing a, a freelance career in copywriting. I think there's not much understanding around freelancing that it can be and is a very, very safe path, um, frankly, safer to take control of your own career than letting it be in the hands of an employer. But because it's a relatively newer concept and, and you know, and I would go as far as to say like the pandemic almost accelerated people's understanding of it, if there's anything to good to, that came out of the pandemic. But still, there's still this feeling that, okay, if I go on staff, that's the safe route. If I do this job that people have heard of, that's the safe route. And so knowing that you might hear these things from people in your life and to just say, okay, thank you, and recognize it as their own fear, their own hangups about things that they don't know that they're pushing on to you and to protect yourself from that because it can be very easy to hear that from, to get fear coming from you from these people and anxiety and let that then seep into your own being and way of going about this. And so um, learning to stop and recognize that and saying, you know, thank you. I see, I understand, understand those feelings, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this anyway. Mm -hmm. And this is really important to me and I'm going to pursue it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah. show them, show them what you can do. Yeah, exactly. And also very little side note, a little bit of a, a digression, but just because you haven't heard of it or your loved ones have not heard of copywriting has been around for a very long time. Did you know that F. Scott Fitzgerald was a copywriter? Well, you knew, Kate, but <laughs> did everyone know that F. Scott Fitzgerald was a copywriter before he became a novelist? And there are all mm -hmm. kinds of other writers who started out as copywriters. Um, but yeah, just Scott Fitzgerald didn't really make much money from his novels for a very like long, long yeah. time. He was yeah. advertising was paying his bills. Yeah. The next one we want to share is uh, Mike because Mike had just the best approach to finding a job in the sense that when he was looking, he wanted to apply to an on staff role. He applied to a senior copywriting role. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll link to the episode, but he did get the, he landed the senior copywriting role. Uh, but what I liked most about this episode was how he talked about qualifications. And when you're looking at a copywriting job listing, how to kind of reframe how you're looking at it. I don't really remember if the job description had, uh, you know, they usually have a wish list of what they're looking for. It probably said something like we want I don't know, three to five years of experience as a writer. I, I tended to never let that dissuade me because, uh, you know, we, we all know that's strictly a wish list. It, it's our ideal candidate. And I thought, this seems to be a profession where it's like a show me, don't tell me, right? If I can show them somehow that I can write, it really shouldn't matter how many years I have or don't have a writing experience. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So I just applied for it that way. And I used a little bit of an unconventional method because, I mean, let's be honest, with most jobs nowadays, the covering letter is sort of, you know, I don't know if anybody is actually eyeballing it. Most of the time your application goes through an applicant tracking system, it pulls out irrelevant information. Very rarely would somebody actually get to be eyeballing your resume or your covering letter, except in this industry, because I think a lot of the people that are doing the hiring, like us, are creatives and they want to know a little bit more about the person. Uh, so I created a covering letter for all the uh, the writing jobs I was applying for that was two pages. And the first page was a spec ad that I created specifically for that company to show them not only could I write, but I also understood their business. I understood their products and their solutions. I knew how to use their industry language and lingo uh, in the writing. And then I put the covering letter where I talked about myself on page two and sent that as an attachment alongside my resume. And it did two things. One, it got them to um, uh, to see the, uh, the, the writing I was able to do without them having to ask for it. And two, it just helped me kind of stand out above what I'm sure was another uh, pile of applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lucky enough, the creative director who was hiring for this particular role Uh, I think himself came from a freelancing background and had started at the company maybe less than a year prior. And he was really looking for somebody that could write, not uh, somebody who had a a wealth of writing experience at an agency or anything like that. Uh, Because in the interview, he he kind of, I I, I think I just said, you know, I have limited paid writing experience, but I think I could do a really good job for you. And he said, Mike, I'm not looking for somebody that has five years or 10 years or 25 years of writing experience, I'm looking for somebody that can write. So that was uh, a great uh, inroads uh, to get into the role. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think I really want to underline that point that you you called it a a wish list. And I I want everyone to hear that and take that Mm -hmm. in. Because I know a lot of people look at the the qualifications or the quote unquote requirements and think, oh, they want you know, two years experience, I only have one year experience, I only have six months experience, I'm not going to apply for this. And but instead thinking of it as they just said, hey, these are the ideal qualifications, you don't have to hit every single one in order to be to be a great person for this role. I think that's that's um, a really important lesson for everyone who's listening. Yeah. It's another form of resistance, I think, seeing that that wall of of uh, requirements or or desires, if you will, and going, oh, I only have half of those, or oh, mm-hmm. I, I've got most of them, but I only, I'm missing two or three, or I'm missing experience, or I'm missing the particular agency experience they're looking for. It it really doesn't matter if you can write, you can write, and mm-hmm. if you can demonstrate to them that you can write, you know, you're you're going to find yourself at the top of the pile very quickly. I love the way that he puts that thinking about the the qualifications that they're looking for as a wish list because that is exactly what they are as someone who has a company and hires people as someone who's worked at companies and uh been hiring people that is 100% what it is like yes my ideal wish list is all of these people but i will absolutely talk to people who don't have all of these but are also excellent candidates um and I, I write that down, friends. It is a wish list because there's so many people that that 
cut themselves off before they even get the chance to start. Oh, I saw this company that I love has this job listing for a copywriter. Oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing? And then they look at the list and they see the the quote unquote qualifications uh, and they go, oh, I don't, I don't have that. They're looking for three years of experience and I've only been a copywriter for, you know, seven or eight months. And it's a wish list. If you are passionate about this company, if you have been learning and training and practicing your skills for that amount of time, quite frankly, your uh, your condensed learning could end up being equivalent to the two or three years of, of work. And I, I tell you that with, with no exaggeration by any means. Um, a lot of first year or newer junior copiers don't get a chance to actually get their hands on that much actual writing of copy. Um, but my point is, is that Look, here, here's how life works. We're all going to get a lot of no's, right? There are, we, you have to pitch way more people than, than you can possibly handle in, in your client roster because you are going to get people, you'll get people who don't write back and you'll get some no's like, you know, thanks so much, but we're not interested. That's okay. But you're already going to get no's. So why are you creating no's for yourself? Why are you why are you shutting down opportunities for yourself? There's no benefit to you shutting yourself down. Like so you apply for something. What's the worst that happens? They say no or they don't get back to you. They say thanks so much but, you know, we're going with a different candidate or thanks so much for applying but you're not right for the role. Big flipping deal. But what's the best that could happen? You could end up working at an amazing job for Maybe a while, or maybe you work there for a little while, and you go. Actually, now I want to go back to freelance or whatever. But don't, don't be the person who limits yourself. There are already so many limits in the world, so don't impose any limits on yourself. Yeah, and I think the other important thing, especially for folks just starting out as copywriters, or even if you've been doing it a while but still feel like, oh, I could never apply to a senior copywriting role. They put the years there because they don't want to have to train someone. And so if you've received training and you know what you're doing, and trust me, you know more of what you're doing than you probably even realize, then go for it. And to Nikki's point, the worst that can happen, you don't hear anything back or you hear a no. That's not really that bad, right? You don't actually have to engage with anyone. They just You just get a no in the email. Maybe it hurts a little bit and then you go on to the next thing. Maybe middle scenario, you interview and you still don't get it, but you get interview experience, which is awesome. And then you know mm -hmm. a little bit more for the next time of, okay, I might change this or I might prep or prepare these notes or do this. You get more information. You get more skill and you take a step further in, in your career. And then obviously best case scenario is you might land the role. So there's really no downside because all of it, even if you get the no, then you get more experience getting the no and learning how to get over that faster and faster each mm -hmm. time. Um, trust me, but when I say, if you stick with this, you'll hear a no and not think, you won't even take it personally at a certain point. Mm -hmm. You realize it's, you detach it from, it's not you. It's just, that's what's happening. They didn't need it, whatever. I'm not even mm -hmm. going to make assumptions of why if they didn't tell me, fine, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, or if you want feedback to ask, hey, do you mind providing me a little feedback? That's the other beautiful thing. If you do get a no from a job, then you can ask for feedback. And if they're willing to share it, that'll help you get even more information to, to better prepare for the next time. Um, and like Mike did, he created a spec ad specifically for this, this company. And you don't necessarily need to do that. Um, but what a great way to just, just take a little bit step further to set yourself off from 
the rest of the, the application pool. Now, in a similar vein, uh, we have our interview with Carly, some clips from what Carly had to say about being willing to kind of dive in and take a chance and learn something new, seeing an opportunity and just going for it. Eventually, I saw a job posting in our group from Adele Costa, and it was for a communications intern at the National Women's Health Network. And I saw that the description kind of had like social media elements to it as well. So I said, this is for me. <laughs> Let me ask her if I can do this. And it's kind of a funny story because it was originally for like a college student. And I thought to myself, I don't know if she's going to want like an old person because I'm in my 30s. <laughs> so I hesitated for like half a day, like, should I ask her about this? Is this embarrassing? Hesitated for half a day. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So I sent her a message like, will you take an old person <laughs> for this job? And uh, she said, yes, please apply. And and knowing that I was CCA, she knew that I could write. So it gave me like an automatic leg up on the competition. And she said, like, please, <laughs> please do it. <laughs> so I did. And then the rest is kind of history. It kind of evolved from there. And I grew into a social media manager eventually from there. And it's become this full-time position. And I'm super happy. I'm super fulfilled now. It was like a lot of things that I that really appealed to me. It was women's health, which is something that I was passionate about in my life. Prior, it had that social media. It had those copywriting elements. So I was like, I need to go for this. And if there's one thing that I can tell people, it's you know the importance of networking and then not being afraid to go for things like that, even though you're know, putting your shame aside, I guess, to be like, I want to do this and let me just try and see what happens. Just hit the ground running. Just take every opportunity as they come. And as I said, don't be afraid to look like a fool when you're first getting started. I think that's a key element of success in any business is that you can't be afraid to be a beginner and look like a beginner. We all start off that way. So if somebody laughs at me like, that's fine. I'm learning. So you just can't be afraid. And if you see a chance and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm I'm ready yet or I don't have my portfolio site, but this person wants what I have, just go for it. You know, you got nothing to lose at this point. So you just got to go for it. And if you are afraid, you just do the thing anyway. What I loved about this is that, it, you know, again, similar to, to Mike's story, but it, Carly saw this opportunity for an internship and she felt like, well, am I too old for this? And but realizing that she was really attracted to the fact that the company and the topic and the the mix of work and just the opportunity of it. And so I love that she wasn't afraid to say, you know what, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and, and see what happens. This is an opportunity I want. And I think that's the key with both Mike's and Carly's is that just go for the opportunities that you are excited about. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I think too, that, that as adults, and I mean this in, in the most supportive way possible, but our, our egos are are kind of sometimes wrapped up in in our status and mm -hmm. what we're good at. And the, the concept of going back and being at a beginner at something can be a little bit difficult to wrestle with. with. You know, in theory, we can know like, well, yes, I'm brand new to copywriting. I don't know this, but it can be a surprise when you actually get into the course and you go, oh, but I don't know this, but I have to actually learn this, which I know sounds so silly, but this is an experience that that almost every single one of our students has is they dig into it and they go, but, oh, well, this part I got right away, but this part is a little bit challenging. Sure it is because you're new to it. And it, it, for adults to actually 
face that, that there's something there they are new at, a beginner at, is uh, is something that we not we don't encounter very often. Does it make us a better person? Absolutely. But being willing to embrace that can be um, can be a little tricky for us. Even just being willing to be to embrace being a beginner can take you outside of your comfort zone, which sounds very odd, but it's absolutely true. But if you can follow Carly's example and be willing to to just embrace that, to say, okay, you know what? I don't know everything and I have I have stuff to learn and I can improve when I stick with it and I can I can build my network and I can start at the bottom, you'll have a, a much, a much better time of it. Yeah. And I think it's cool that, you know, once you get the foot in the, your foot in the door somewhere, like, like Carly did, she's now the social media manager for that company. And so that's how cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know where, where little steps are going to take you. So our last one, and I think it's honestly one of the most important ones potentially is because um, we interviewed Tammy Taylor and she shared with us her story, which is awesome. Listen to that episode all the way to the end. It's a real good one. She transitioned from teaching to copywriting and landed a role at an agency. And unfortunately, that agency had a round of layoffs that Tammy was impacted by. Um, But what's really exciting, and in this clip in particular, she shares with us just some of her mindset around how she approached this moment. In May, just like so many companies right now, they did go through um, a round of layoffs and my role was impacted. So I was laid off the first week of May. So it was definitely shocking. It was the first layoff I've been through. So I hadn't had that experience before. So it was like, oh, like I'm just, I'm literally just done. Like, that's it. Just walk away. Um, But then, so I took the next few days after that to just update resumes, my LinkedIn, my portfolio. And I had to, I did have to take a moment to stop because I was sad. So I felt, I was so proud of myself for getting that position. And also I had to take a moment and just be really proud of myself because when I updated my portfolio, I mean, like I said before, I had five spec pieces and then blogs. Mm-hmm. When I updated, now I'm like, oh, I have so much more client work in there from just all the clients I've had, um, way more than the spec ads now. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, like I actually did a variety of projects, different types of copy for different types of industries. And when I'm going into like, you know, making my resume, my LinkedIn, and messaging recruiters and whoever else I need a message. I just feel so much more confident, like having this experience. And it just, I'm like, I remind myself, I, when I sent my first pitch, I didn't have that experience (laughs) and I did it and I was able to get clients and they love the work. So now I'm like, okay, you actually were at an agency and you've got a lot of experience and learned so much. And now doing this again, pitching again, talking to recruiters, it feels different. I'm someone that I, I get so excited for other people when things happen to me, I get excited, but then I forget to actually just really celebrate myself. So that's why I was like, you know what, let me just like be so proud of myself for a second for doing that. It was because mm-hmm. it was a little intimidating. Yeah. Like I'm used to just, you know, owning the classroom and knowing what I'm doing there. And so it was definitely a lot of learning, but everyone was so kind and really helpful. So it was a really good experience. Yeah. And I'm so happy too, because so many, when I looked at so many jobs on LinkedIn and wherever else, a lot of them want some agency background. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, this really is 
still helping me. Like it's not a setback. It's actually helping me move forward. Hey everybody. So this is just a little uh, postscript to the episode you just heard. Um, as you know, when we ended the episode, Tammy was waiting to hear about a job she was really excited about. So Kate and I are just as excited to share with you uh, Tammy's update. I'll read you a lot of what Tammy actually wrote to us to send the update. So she says, I'm excited to share. I've accepted a junior copywriter position. Uh, I actually told Nikki and Kate about this role when we recorded the podcast, as you guys know. And at the time, she was waiting for the offer. Now, the, the initially disappointing thing is that they actually went with another candidate first, but that candidate had real estate marketing experience. Uh, Tammy didn't. And that's just, that's hard to compete with. But she got to the point where it was between this person who had real estate marketing experience and Tammy. So Tammy then said she told the recruiter and the manager of this role to reach out if they had any future opportunities. So as of the time that she wrote this, uh, almost two weeks ago, the recruiter reached out saying they had another opening and asked if I'd be interested. I said yes and had a meeting with the manager. It wasn't an interview because she'd already interviewed me before. So it was just a conversation about the time, type of copy that I would write. She completed the copy test and they offered her the position. And then she also has a discovery call with a potential client tomorrow. Uh, she says that she's really excited and her soon-to-be manager said she was excited when she heard that Tammy was interested. Uh, so she's glad that the previous interviews left a positive impression on her and uh, on the hiring manager and of Tammy. So um, Kate and I are thrilled for you, Tammy. So cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, and, and thank you for sharing with us too. Yes. And yeah. You know, we talked about this a little bit uh, before in one of the other uh, one of the other clips, but not everything is going to be perfect, right? It's not everything is going to go our way. You copywriting is an amazing career and I love it and I will do it forever. And I think probably a, a lot of people join me in that sentiment, but that doesn't mean that every day is going to be perfect and every experience is going to be wonderful and every client's going to be amazing and every job you're going to have until, until you don't want it anymore. There are going to be times where things kind of knock us off our game. Maybe it's maybe it's a layoff like Tammy experienced. Maybe it's a, a client that that isn't very nice or the the two of you can't agree on something or maybe it's just any number of things because life can be amazing and life can also be challenging. But what you hear in Tammy's story is the way that she the way that she approached that that challenge of being laid off. Um, was with so much resilience. Now, certainly at first she felt bad and who wouldn't? Absolutely. But she she felt bad for a little while. And then she she looked at how much she'd accomplished. And that's where the resilience comes in. The 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 idea of, oh, that was that I'm sorry that that happened. But she didn't let that hold her back from moving on and being successful after that experience. Yeah, we just had our uh, annual event with our Next Level students, CCA Next Level students, and we talked about a book, um, The Gap in the Game, that Nikki actually shared with, with the group. Um, but I feel like this is really a great example of Tammy living in the gain. And so the concept being that um, there's always going to be a goal or a further thing that we want to reach. And if we're always looking at where we are now to that goal, that's the gap. There's There's always going to be 
just feelings of like, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not successful. I haven't hit it, blah, 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 blah. Versus if we take some time to look back and say, okay, where did I start from? And where am I now? That's the gain. And that's exactly, I feel like what Tammy did with this was looking back at her portfolio and saying, oh my gosh, look at everything I just accomplished in this, this time period. Look at this agency experience I now have that I didn't, you know, so many job postings are like, we want agency experience. And now she has it. Um, so it's so, it's so cool that she was able to, to do that. And um, extra spoiler, be persistent and continuing applying to jobs. And now has another job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, as you can see, um, we have some amazing students and this is just, uh, this is just a a small, small number of them. And quite frankly, I think as we were saying earlier, the number of students that we're able to interview is just a small, small number of successful students. Um, but part of what makes our students successful and part of what makes you friends successful is the willingness to, to keep going, to, to get outside your comfort zones, to do something new, to, to dream just a little bit bigger, to do things maybe a little bit different than you have in the past or that your family members have done or, or anything like that. Because outside of that, that's where that's where the the success comes from. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh, wow, it'd be really cool to be one of those students. You know what? Be one of the students that we interview. Be one of them. Keep taking action. Keep getting outside of your comfort zone. Keep, keep bouncing back when you get a no or, or something less than positive happens. Keep sticking with it. Keep using your fellow students as inspiration. And so that you can be you can reach the success that you want to reach you can learn the lessons that you want to learn and we can have you on the podcast and and chat with you too so as we said uh we'll probably end up having a, a couple of episodes like this because we have had so many amazing student interviews and if this has inspired you go back to the full list of our our past catalog of episodes cuz there are a ton this is just a a tiny little sneak peek into our student stories. And of course, uh, we will continue to have a ton of student episodes after this as well. So thank you so much to the students that um, that we interviewed and we were able to use your clips. Thank you, though, to all of the students that we have interviewed. And actually, thank you to all of our students as a whole for being amazing. And then even bigger than that, thank you to all of you for helping us get to a million downloads. That's that's incredible. We are so grateful and so honored to, to be a part of your lives. And so with that, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.